Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Adamsons Versus. We know it has been a very, not very long time, but it's been a bit of a hiatus. The last episode we did was back in September, and it was the Adamsons Versus AI. Um, apologies for not having an episode for you sooner. Um, we have plenty of other commitments, both podcasting and in the real world. Check out Double Real Film Podcast on all good podcasting platforms. Um, but yeah... That's uh, we're back. We've got a new topic for you today. As you always, a warm and lovely introduction to my co-host, also called James Adamson. Hi everyone, it's good to be back. Uh, so, what are we talking about today? So, this episode is called the Adamsons versus the Dog Poo Detectives. Not the Canine Shite Investigation CSI, <laughs> like I said. <laughs> That is the alternative title, CSI Canine Shite Investigators. I'm just worried that that might be uh, a copyright issue, not just for the original CSI, but for the program that people are, someone's no doubt developing about this fascinating story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're just, we were looking around for something to discuss. We're both animal lovers. Uh, we like weird and funny stories. Um, and I found this story, um, it, it, it's best to just sort of start with the headline. Um, it's from Reuters. Obviously, a, a, a serious source of hard news. Um, and the headline goes, Dog DNA detectives trace owners not scooping the poop in Italian province. So, it's an Italian province is turning to DNA tests to tackle the scourge of dog mess on the streets. Once a dog DNA registration database is up and running, what about these dogs' human rights? That's what I say. Street cleaners and health officials in Bolzano will be able to collect abandoned poop, have it genetically tested, and then trace the owners who will face fines of 50 to 500 uh, euros. That's between uh, 50 to 54 to $540. I don't know why they bothered to do that exchange rate. It's so fucking identical. Any owner who refuses the DNA profiling for their dog will face fines of 292 to 1,048 euros, which is very specific and I can only assume is linked to the size of the dog, <laughs> therefore the size of the poo that they would, that they would do in the street. Um, the provincial government uh, covering Bolzano City and surrounding towns in the picturesque Dolomites region is creating the database for the almost 40,000 dogs in the area. Um, lo <laughs> um, there's loads and loads of complaints every year from citizens about people uh, not picking up their, their dog poo. Law enforcement could only ever catch three or four of them because they have to go out there and set up some kind of stakeout. Um DNA, DNA registration will become compulsory for late March. Owners will be expected to have blood tests for their dogs. It did not give an estimated cost for the project, with the detection and administration expenses expected to be covered from the fines. It's it's beautiful. It's got that perfect combination of local government deciding to like step in on what might not be the most important issues anyone's ever faced. And I can just imagine a lot of fairly insouciant uh, Italian people going, oh, I don't pick up dog shit, fuck you. <laughs> Well, I, so, as an owner of dogs, I um, I have a couple of questions. Firstly, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> like, I get it. Like, there's, I, I stood in, I think, a fox shit the other day, but it could have been a dog shit the other day before I was going to work. So I was taking the dogs out, and I stood in a shit, and it looked like fox shit. could have been a, just a dodgy um, dog shit. And I thought, oh, for fuck's sake, so I had to take, I'd, I'd already got changed for work, so I had to fucking take my, my work shoes off clean them, disinfect them, fucking rinse them again, make sure they were, like, clean of all the shit. And it fucking did my nut in. I was like, oh, fuck, fucking pick up your shite. 
And there's times where it's definitely a dog shit and no one's ever fucking bothered to pick up. And I I also see the other side where I've forgotten to take dog poo bags down all the time, you know. You go to the front door, you've got to make sure the leads are on, you got to make sure that, you know, um, leads are on tight, all that kind of thing. I take out treats because I want to reward positive behaviours that I see from um, my dogs on the walk. And you forget the poo bags. However... I stay, you know where I stay, I stay on the top floor flat. Mm-hmm. So if I fucking forget a poo bag, I've got to go up, back down, walk to wherever the dog shat, and that might be 10 minutes away, if, depending on where they've done it. I'll pick it up and, you know, I'll, I'll I'll never leave one. So it's, I get that sometimes you forget a bag, but you you never miss your dog shit. You never, you, you know, you'll be walking and the dog just stops and you feel a little tug on the lead and you turn around and they're hunched over uh arse you know arse exposed so you, you can never miss it but the what i what i don't understand is how it got that bad because i know that the dog shitting is bad and it's unhygienic and you should pick it up but it seems like they've invested a lot of time and money into a fucking database for all the dogs in this region where is it again it's uh it's called bolzano which is in the dolomite mountains which is the bit of italy that's close to austria i'm told right, okay or i'm googling so that's a that's a significant investment, isn't it? Forty thousand dogs, and then tracing like I don't understand like how this is going to properly work because you know, for example, if my dogs have a dodgy shit, I can't pick up the whole shit. No matter how hard I try, there'll be traces of it left on blades of grass. Is there like a volume of shit that the person inspecting the shite will go? Okay, so that's. Okay, so they've obviously tried to pick up. They've not been able to get it all up because it was a dodgy tummy. Or am I still going to get a fine if I don't fucking rip up every blade of grass with a tiny bit of poo on it? Like that's that's why I don't understand. What's the criteria? What's the threshold? What's a yeah? If, you, if your if your dog's not particularly well, and you know, can you get every scrap of it up and all that sort of thing? Right? Absolutely fucking not. There's no fucking way you can get it in a thin, fucking biodegradable bag. Even like like even like when they've got healthy ones, which is most of the time. But sometimes they'll fucking you know licked a lamppost and fucking picked up whatever fucking nasty bug was on that and they uh, it messes their tummy up for a day or two and you can't always pick it up so I'd, I, I would be fucking raging if I got a fine even though I tried to pick up the shit and then the the, the person's going oh no you've actually left a, a microscopic amount of poo there you're getting a fine like yeah, fuck off yeah I think most people would expect there to be some common sense involved that if you that the, in the vast majority of cases people have done the best that they can but the I reckon there's, there's a couple of possibilities here. One is this is this is a local authority in a fairly quiet part of um, uh, of of Italy, and local authorities in quiet areas that don't have more serious social problems, they have people who start ending up getting a bit officious, kind of you know a little bit too happy about the small amount of power that they have, and just find something for for themselves to do. So it could just be. They don't have any serious issues with the fucking mafia in that part of Italy, so they've decided yeah. to do something about dog shit. The other, and and there are plenty of local authorities like that in this country. Do you know what I mean? It's like, wow, uh, I, I I live in a fairly small small place, and the the barber shop was letting you have a you know, would you like a whiskey while you wait for your for your drink? And someone from the the local village council sort of started jumping in and going you haven't got a license to serve alcohol on the premises and he's going mate have you seen every single woman's hairdresser in this entire country where women are being given glasses of prosecco while they're waiting for the fucking hair to dry 
<laughs> and you've decided to come stomping in. The fucking, you know, people with nothing better to do. On the other hand, I bet you, I bet you this is a fucking epidemic. This is an epidemic of people. Because first of all, a lot, a lot of Italian people just do not want do not do what they're supposed to do. They just don't give a shit. I remember when they were trying to get people to stop talking on their phones, on planes, and the Italians were just like, I'm not stopping talking. I'm Italian. What What the hell? You know? <laughs> and, you know, you, you had, like, people kind of pulling planes up and going, no, you have to turn your phone off now. I don't know how much talking on your phone actually inter interferes with a plane anyway, but when it's a rule and it's a plane safety thing, you would think people would be a bit more, but the, the Italians are like, I'm talking on my phone. Fuck you. So I, I get I, I imagine that they've got thousands and thousands of people just dropping like their dogs dropping shits everywhere and nobody's picking it up. So who's who's implementing this? This is this is what I want to know because this is the local council by the sounds of it. So like basically people that go around giving parking tickets like those kind of fake police officers that wear the uniform but don't have any powers. What are they called? Yeah. Like community support officers. Yeah, those yeah. fucking knobs. Yeah, is that their job? Because that you're already a fucking dick. Yeah, for it, doing that it's job. another like, one not, for the noddy cops to do. Yeah, yeah, like it's one of those ones where like you've not committed to like being a police officer and you know being out there when it's like really dangerous. You're just one of those ones that walk about in a high vis jacket and everyone thinks you're a fucking. You're like you're not like if you're a police, you're a high court grass. But I think at the end of the day, we do need the police. But these fucking these fucking guys cutting about just fucking being busybodies have now got to in inspect shit. Uh, or as Robert, as Robert Williams put it, stop, or I'll say stop again. <laughs> I know you've got about you've got to go about with a fucking um, magnifying glass, inspecting shit around the fucking world. Yeah, that, yeah, that's low. DNA, that's low, that's D low. DNA, you know, DNA testing dog shit is, you know, you just think that that's the sort of thing you say. You know what? I want that person on a Tinder date to to tell the. Um, tell the, the, their prospective partner what they do for a living and try and sound proud. I would genuinely rather say I was on the sex offenders register <laughs> than say I go about inspecting dog shits and taking it back to forensics. I would lie. I would say that I fucking I lick windows clean for a living. That's a fucking embarrassing. Like you couldn't put that on your Tinder profile. What do you do? Oh, I'm in dog shit forensics. What? I mean, there is there is precedent for this sort of thing. Back in the, I think, uh, uh, when is this? Yeah, it's it's back in the back in the eighties. They they realised that in Paris they were never ever ever in a million years going to get the the French to pick their dog shit up. Certainly not the Parisians. The thing the thing about the French right is that we tell all these kind of jokes about the French being snobby and up themselves and looking down their noses at everybody, and. The rest of France makes the same remarks and jokes about Parisians because they think, well, we're actually fine and nice. It's only the Parisians who think they're better than everybody else kind of thing. But the Parisians do not do not care and will not pick up their dog shit. And in the 1980s, uh, Jacques Chirac, who I think at the time was, um, he was the mayor of Paris, he gave up on trying to persuade Parisians to pick up their dog shit and commissioned a, 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 a fleet of auto uh automated machines that people would drive around on motorbikes picking up vacuuming up dog shit so that the french created automatic dog shit collection machines because they couldn't get the french to pick up their dog poo they were I called mean, called motocrots they're called which is po the french for poop scooter <laughs> now that's cool now i usually joke I would like to clarify that I'm not on the sex offenders register, by the way. That was also a joke, just 
saying I would rather say that than admit. Yes, yes, yes. That I pick up and inspect ships all the way. But we joke about the French uh, doing nothing but protest, but I'm pretty sure that's probably the most effective protest of all time because nobody actually likes picking up dog shit. It would be great if my dogs could just fucking go to the bathroom and flush it and wipe their own ass and, you know, wipe off any skid marks. That'd be great. But they can't, so we have to. But that is the strongest form of French protest thing I've ever seen. They didn't want they didn't want that thing to, to be done by them, so they got the government to do it. That's that's actually brilliant in a way. I really I kind of respect that, and I really and, don't like the French. So well and, done. And 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 in a way, you, there is an aspect of there's always one prick, isn't there? Do you know what I mean? Most most dog owners are probably quite um, responsible, but it's the one who leaves their dog shit lying around in the middle of everything, and your child's shoes and your pram wheels get covered in it because of the one. Uh, uh, the one asshole who just ruins it for everybody. So maybe having a uh, the problem is our local authorities are so fucking underfunded they can't do the potholes, so they're not going to do the dog shit. But it, it it's weird. I mean, actually, it's this my my, my missus. This is a story from her. But at, at our old house, you remember our old house. Her yeah. she worked from home a lot. You know, she 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 was well ahead of the the, the COVID curve. She was working from home long before that. Uh, it was it was. The spare bedroom that overlooked the front of the house. Um, now she's she's she, you know we have a downstairs room, so she's a lot nearer the street. But up up then she'd be um, sitting there and she would face out because she like she's a bit of a people watcher. And what would happen was people would let their dog shit on the grass verge in front of the pavement in front of our house, and they'd be about to go and not pick it up. And my, my missus would never get down the stairs and out in time to confront them. So she's just open the window and she goes, excuse me, are you going to pick that up? She says, oh, oh fuck, fuck, yeah. and, they're like, and they're caught. And they're obviously like, oh, I, I was actually going to, I didn't know anyone was watching. And, and like, oh, um, I haven't got a bag. So my missus ran down, got a, a, a you know, a, a carrier bag from the, uh, from the, you know, the bundle that you always have in your kitchen, handed out, sort of gave it to them and then walked back How into the house. the shit? Wait, well, it was, the, it was the only bag that she had. <laughs> I mean, she didn't have any small bags. She says, here you go. Um, yeah. But it's like you can just imagine people looking looking around, going, "Oh, I can't be bothered to do this," and, and dropping it off. And the the rules are different in different places. I mean, I, I because I got some friends who they you know, moved to the country basically, and basically the rules there are if your you know, your dog shits on the path and you just kick it into the nearest bush because, as far as they're concerned, it's the country. What do you expect? And, oh. and and nobody walks in the bushes. And I said, well, I hope you're going to clean those shoes before you go back in the house. Yeah, fucking lining up a Stephen Gerrard volley in a field. That's yeah, horrible. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, That's it's like, worse. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, the, but the idea is, is don't don't go standing in the bushes in the countryside because everybody's dog shit has just been, you know, tucked in there. But, you know, you're talking about, like, country trails all the way down. There are no, there are no dog poo bins or anything else. But that, that's just, you know, th- you know, things work differently in the countryside, right? Yeah, I mean, there's there's been times where I've taken the boys out the um, the cycle path up at the back of my house, and they've gone into like the middle of like a thorn bush, and there's one time Max stood on top of a rock and shat directly into this thorn bush, and the poo was falling through the thorn bush, and I went, I'm not picking that up. I I'm not finding that shit, and I'm not scraping my hands to you know. Yeah, shreds just to find this shit. It's it's off the path. It's there. I'm not going to be able to get it without covering my hands in shit and then cuts and getting shit in the cuts. Yeah. So I left it. 
Yeah. I would have more chance of finding El Dorado than finding that shit. So no, I think you're right. But it wasn't on the path. Nobody's going to be jumping in that bush. Maybe another dog might sniff it and go, whoa, what the fuck's in there? But no human is going in there. So it's it, was, it wasn't like an inconsiderate of just leaving it in the middle of the path for a pram or someone to walk through. I tell you what, I, I, see, if they start inspecting human shit, that's when I'm in trouble. That's when I'm in trouble. <laughs> When they start doing human shit forensics, I'll need to fucking watch myself. It's weird because this is an example of quite a significant social change. Because if you have a conversation now about, oh, people who don't pick up their dog shit, I mean, you know, it's the sort of thing that would like have, you know, online conversation for, for you know, hours and hours. Oh, I hate it when they do that. These people are bastards. But I, I'm old enough to remember when nobody picked up after their dogs. In, you know, early early eighties, my my gran had a, a dog. The first of sort of a series of kind of great sort of family dogs that we all had. You know, loved spending time around. It was a it was a Labrador. You know, so you, you know the, the they're sizable dogs. They produce sizable poos. We would take that dog out for a walk, go down these paths that would take you down to the beach or the seafront. Uh, you know, uh, outside uh, Whitburn on on the way to to Sunderland. You know, up to Roker Beach, walk down dog shit. Yeah, dog shit's on the path. People are going to be walking there in a minute. Just leave it. Nothing. I remember not looking where I was going, stepping in some dog shit and getting told off for not looking where I was putting my feet. And it was just like, it was expected that dogs were going to shit everywhere. And you had to, um, you had to look out for it, you know, and things have changed, you know, that's why this is the old stories. Why, why do you never see white dog shit anymore? And there's two reasons. One, because people pick up after their dogs and two, because people feed their dogs better food. But I remember, you know, same grand, same dog, maybe five years later, mid eighties. And my gran is kind of sitting there and not happy about it at all with a dog poo bag, picking up the poo and, and putting the dog in, uh, putting the, the dog shit in the, in, in the red bin by the side of whatever grass space you were on. So in the space of a few years, they went from everyone picks, everyone shits everywhere to, Oh, you have to pick up after your dogs. And it changed almost overnight. Yeah, I mean... It's like the smoking ban, really. People just went, yeah, got used to it. Yeah, I think I think it's a bit different. I mean, our government just likes to ban things rather than actually address the problem. Like, rather than address the problem with drugs, rather than trying to regulate it, legalise it, tax it, and make a bit of money to fund public services. They just ban them, mm-hmm. and then criminalise it, and then end up you know, sending all these people to prison, and then the prisons are overloaded, and we can't afford all that shit. And the mm-hmm. same with these, uh, these vapes. They've now been, they've now been banned because kids are buying them rather than regulating it and making sure that they're not fucking sold to underages because yeah. people in the shops aren't actually IDing them. Well, um, I mean, that's not just like kids buying it, although that is a terrible problem. It's also the fact that dis- disposable vapes are being just chucked on the ground. Yeah, that's that's obviously not a great issue, but it's... Yeah, it's- and, and those people should be fucking shot. I mean, I, I people who've listened to this will know what an absolute like, sandal-wearing liberal I am, but people who just fucking will drop shit all over that and can't even be bothered to put it in a bin and you need fucking taken out and fucking shooting and then yeah. being environmentally disposed of cunts sorry so yeah okay. <laughs> we've, we've gone off on a very quick tangent there so no, just with th- things like just banning stuff and the, I, don't, I don't know if this forensic stuff will start catching on because it's gonna need constant updating every like without being morbid dogs live maximum like average say the between 12 to 15 sometimes they live to 17 if it's like a specific breed like jack mm-hmm. russell seems to the little ones yeah ever. small the but, s- smaller ones live longer seems like but you know what i mean like every every 16 years or so like 
there'll be the same dogs won't be in the database, so that'll all need cleared out. And then it'll be constantly updating and registering. And I need a sample of your dog's shit so I can put it in my forensics database. You imagine someone coming to your house and saying, Can I have a bit of your dog's poo so I can add them to the database? <laughs> Go fuck yourself. The fucking TV license guy would be more welcome at my door. Um, what was the name of that woman who used to like sieve through people's poo for the um to Jillian check with Gillian McKeith? We found a Jillian job for her. Found a job for her. Um, but yeah, uh, I, don't, I mean, I think it's it's obviously got good intentions. I think it's completely bizarre. I think they just need. It's it's a classic collision of people not being prepared to do what they what they need to, and a local authority just loving loving power and and overreaching their authority. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those ones. It's like they're obviously trying to catch them in the act and find them, but. Yeah, I don't know how it's going to work. It'll be interesting to see. I, I, can't, I can't wait for this to be implemented. I look, look forward to seeing how it unravels. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the pictures of Bolsano, it is absolutely beautiful. It's one of these kind of uh, little Italian places that looks like a, 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 a like it should be a, a great artist painting uh, and probably huge tourism it's probably because they don't want to piss off the tourists with dog shit on the ground that's made them do it. Yeah. So, yeah, shall we... That that obviously opens the, the door for us to talk about a wider range of sort of animal-related stories. I mean, what were the first, you know, what were the first things that sprung to mind for you about kind of dog ownership when we said we were going to talk about, or pet ownership when we said we were, once we've exhausted the dog poo story, we were going to look into, you know, or just have a chat about dogs and cats and pets generally so i it just made me think about how quirky and different my my dogs are yeah so i've got uh the first dog we got we got in april 2022 oh my god he's gonna be two wow he's two in a couple months and he's uh he's this pedigree kennel club very expensive um show cocker spaniel so he's like a cocker spaniel but like someone just took a hairdryer to him and just gave him a blow dry um not like the kind of usual ones you see where they've got a bit more of like a kind of shorter coat he's just this he looks like every pop star from the 70s haircut into one yeah yeah definitely and he's this he's meant to be this beautiful breed i mean if we were if we were to decide we could we could basically pimp him out and we could make a pretty penny from him because Mm -hmm. What's in his balls is actually more valuable than what's in my balls. That's mental. Like, there's actually a value to to his fucking, you know, his sperm. I can't think of a better word, so I'm going <laughs> to use that one. So, you know, he's this. You know, he's an, he's a stunning dog. He's absolutely gorgeous. He always gets what kind of because do- people don't even know what type of dog he is. They just see how fucking gorgeous he is. Um, we spent ages. You know, we were always like, when we get this place, we'll start looking into the dogs and getting a dog. And then we moved in in January 22. Like, yeah, we're gonna. Uh, right, we're about to start speaking to people. So we spoke to this woman in Lincolnshire who had a showcock, a spaniel, and um, was planning on getting her, um, you know, bred with another showcock, a spaniel in, a, in the area. Um, and, you know, spent ages texting and she sent loads of photos and all this stuff and, you know, spent ages researching it. And then and then we got Mac, who's who's my favourite. I know you're not meant to have favourites, but Obi is, is, is a mama's boy and Mac is a dad's boy. And Mac... Yeah. Is a complete mongrel. He is a massive moron. I absolutely love him. So, <laughs> so Obi was very much planned. You know, he, you know, 
his his owners uh, got their well his mum was bred with another one but Barney and Harper shall we say so Barney and Harper were it was all organised and they were you know it was planned for ages and we thought like this is this that and the next thing we'll we'll get Obi in the summer so you're off for a few weeks because my mm-hmm. partner's in education um, and it'll be great it'll be a uh, you know we can get him trained and stuff and then Mac we just his uh, my partner's auntie's friends dogs just were left alone for two minutes and boff you know one <laughs> thing led to another and and uh, Max's mum was pregnant and Max's mum is a golden retriever and Max's dad is a yellow lab so that's Bruno and Marlo so that was much more chaotic we got Mac about five months after Obi it was Christmas time we you know we had to organise people looking after a newborn puppy and it was chaos. We got two, you know, two young dogs just going absolutely crazy for each other. But it, yeah, I, I love the differences in the two dogs. So, you know, my partner, she got this beautiful pedigree kennel club dog that's absolutely gorgeous and, you know, will follow her around and absolutely loves it to bits. And I got the mongrel. <laughs> I got the absolute moron of a dog. Well, he's not a moron, but he, he, you know, Labradors and Golden Retrievers are both dopey and intelligent like they're the big goofy dogs but they've also got like an intelligent streak Matt yeah. got neither Matt got both the goofy part of his mum and dad and none of the intelligent parts excellent excellent so, <laughs> I, think, I mean Mark Mark is very smart he he can actually spell that's that's yeah. probably his thing that shows so if I say Mac do you want a T-R-E-A-T mm-hmm. he'll yeah he's looking at me now yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. You want a T-R-E-A-T yeah <laughs> Um, but yeah, he's big, like Obi picked up all the tricks right away. He was very much, he's, he's a show dog. So he wants to show if he wants to, yeah, I, I know. He's like, you fucking said that word and you're not getting me one. <laughs> um, but they're very good at making up, you feel guilty, aren't they? Oh, Mac's got the very Andrex puppy eyes, but mm. yeah, Obi picked up all the tricks right away. Very smart. Mac took about eight months to do paw. Obi took about eight weeks. Mm-hmm. So I, I, the, just the differences in the two dogs. Obi thinks he's the alpha. He, he sits at the door and he barks and he, he fucking howls the house down when there's someone at the door like, who the fuck are you coming to my house? Even though he's about 12 kilograms and wouldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And then Mac just loves everyone. Absolutely loves it. Like Every day we've had Mac, he has slept on my knees. Like, without fail. So if, I've come, if I come in from work and they're already in bed, I'll go into bed and Mac will be on the floor and he'll get into bed and sleep on my legs. He's a very sweet boy. So mm-hmm. I, I, that wasn't really like a kind of funny story about the dogs. No, no, yeah. That, that like Mac, Mac reminds me of that. Sorry, reminds me of like a story. Someone was testing out how much use their dog would be in a, in the event of a burglary. It's one of these reels, so I don't know how, how real it is, but it, it did sort of ring true for me a little bit. It's like someone said what they do is they got a stranger who they knew the dog didn't know to break into the house while the dog was on its own and the dog ran and got its toy <laughs> to play. Said, play with me. So you're supposed to be guarding the property. Uh, but yeah, funny stories about my dogs. Funny story. I must. I can, now that I've been put on the spot, I can't actually like think of them. You never, what, you can never think of them until yeah, they come to your, your head. So you start with one, and I'll try. I, I will. I think I might have told the funniest sort of pet stories when we did some stuff before, like the the dog that we had uh, when we were living overseas that um, used to like fighting. So I would I would fight it to. Um, to get keyed up for rugby and football matches uh, with loud music on. And then whenever the loud music was on, because just because I wanted to listen to it, the dog thought it was time for a fight and would like dive all over me. 
she was a complete hooligan. Um, that was Nelly, wasn't it? Yeah, she yeah. Was and the story of the Belgian Shepherd. I'm, I'm sure I've told this story, so I'll, I'll keep it brief. The one that they, 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 they use them for bomb disposal. And the problem is when you have a dog that's intelligent enough to do that job, they're eventually intelligent enough to work out that it's a really dangerous job. So they get to a point where they refuse to do the job. Uh, you know, probably they've, they've they've sort of made an association between them sniffing out the device and the loud bang that happens not long afterwards when they dispose of it. Um, so what happens is these dogs retire. The thing is, the reward to these dogs for finding the uh, uh, the bomb is to get to play with their tennis ball. So I saw this really cute Belgian shepherd who'd retired from that job, got a tennis ball and threw it. And the dog looked at me like I just shat on his feet. It's like, who the fuck? You know, it's like, I do not Absolutely play with Absolutely not. <laughs> fuck you. I'm not disposing of any bombs for you. You're fucking degenerate. Um, but no, I thought, I thought I would Google a couple because, um, uh, and because it's always, it's always nice to have something like lined up and, there's a a funny one that uh, this is one that I might have, might have told in the old days, and it might be apocryphal. This is such an old story that now, with the the advent of the internet, Snopes and QI, it might be sort of you know debunked. So there's a story that's close to fifty years old now, where a a, a blind man decided he fancied having a go at driving a car, and the way he decided to do it was to have his guide dog sitting on his lap, and the guide dog would kind of like you know gesture to the the right if you had to go to the right or sort of push back if you knew it was time to stop and for a mile or two he was getting away with it he was driving quite slowly and the dog was kind of telling him when he had to stop or turn or everything else and then as I tell this story it starts it sounds like the sort of thing that would get debunked now but the story goes that he had the window open and when he was stopped at a traffic light a cat walked past and the dog jumped out and started chasing the cat. And then the blind man didn't didn't have the dog to guide him anymore and just sort of drove into traffic straight after it. I don't know how true that is, but that story always makes me laugh. Um, but other funny pet stories that I Googled because I thought they might be quite, you know, it might be quite funny to add, give you some time to like call, recall some of the funniest stories about dogs and pets that you have. Um, is a story about going away for Christmas in a caravan one year. And to make sure they had a proper uh, Christmas, they, they uh, cooked a full turkey dinner in the tiny caravan oven and everything else. They turned around to plate the turkey and their Jack Russell jumped onto the table, stuck her whole head inside the giant turkey and started eating it. <laughs> it says, suffice to say, we stuck to the vegetables that year and our dog had the best Christmas dinner of her life. Oh. Another one about, cute. another one, an eight-month-old King Charles Cavalier Spaniel. Um, uh they took her out onto the beach to to explore. Uh, she got off the leash. She found a dead jellyfish and ate the whole thing. And <laughs> fortunately, there was a vet nearby because she threw up 17 times and had swollen gums because she was probably being stung by the jellyfish while she was eating it. She still ate the whole thing. Fucking hell, man. I do have a story, but I want to do it justice because it's one of the funniest things I have ever read. But I'm fuck, I'm having a very difficult time trying to read it, so I'll try, I'll try and do it justice without the source material. But I was on a morning shift, and I got a text from, from my fiance, and she went, James, I can't believe what I've just woken up to. <laughs> you know something something's coming when you get that starting message. <laughs> Basically, 
I'd gone to work so I hadn't taken the boys out because I, I get up for work at that time. I get up at like quarter to four in the morning. I'm out the house for like quarter past four. So the boys aren't meant to be out till about half seven anyway. So that's too early for them. I'll throw them off the pattern. So by this point, it must have been about 7 a.m. She goes, can't believe what I've just woken up to. Max stood up on the side of the bed and pissed all over me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think there's another text that I'll get that I fucking will love more than that. Because I was like, yes, who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? (laughs) So he's clearly obviously really needed a pee. He was obviously quite young. He must have only been about four or five months old at this point. But he stood up on the side of the bed to be like, look, mum, wake up. And he'd go outside and he's just pissed all over. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a real, he's so Obi likes, Obi's really badly toilet trained when it comes to shitting and Mm -hmm. Mac. Mac used to be bad for pissing, but he's got better. It's it's the thing that you have when you've got two male dogs that we've not had neutered that they they get quite territorial. So Mac pisses everywhere to try and mark his territory. Yeah. Whereas Obi is just a little cunt. He will. <laughs> it, honestly, it drives me fucking mental when he does this. Right. So I'll take them outside and I'll take them out for. You know, we we walk them for like we walk them four times a day, and it's like twenty minutes in the morning, twenty minutes at night, and then like half an hour before tea time and I'll walk them for half an hour just to make sure that they're getting enough exercise so they're out for an, enough time to you know decide yeah I need a shit and Mac Mac pees right away and shits within three to four minutes of being outside whereas Obi can take a little bit of time but he he 75% of the time will shit and it's all good but there'll be times where I've had Obi outside and he sniffs sniffs the grass maybe he's finding a spot to shit in, and then he looks up and he just sits and he's like okay right so you, you must not be needing this so I'm like right come on then if you don't need you don't need he'll be in that house eight seconds after being outside and he'll shit inside just like mate you are outside not fucking yeah it's really frustrating ago. isn't it oh it does my fucking tits in I mean Mac Mac like will just if Mac disappears for eight seconds, you have to be like, oh, fuck's sake. And he'll just be pissing on a bed or something just like that. There you go. That's my bed now. Um, but yeah, Mac Mac pissing on my fiance first thing in the morning is one of the funniest texts I think I've ever received. <laughs> um, there, was, there was a time where we thought Mac was going to fucking die because um, the, the dog walker had left him like a licky mat when he'd left... He'd covered a licky mat. I don't know if you know what they are. They're basically just like flat silicon mats with like some kind of like ridges and crevices in them. Yeah. I don't know why I said flat because that's the fucking opposite. But basically the peanut butter is meant to kind of stick to it mm-hmm. and it takes the dog's ages. It's like foraging. If, like if a dog forages for like 15 minutes, it's like the equivalent to like a really good long walk for them because it's like the, the stimulation of, you know, getting in and about it and trying to um, dig for it and get all the kind of using their tongue really tires them out. Yeah, um, he'd left him a lick mat, and he'd left one for for Obi and one for Mac. Now Mac was quite young at this point. Mac was probably about pff, three months old. Mac is a like he's basically a Labrador. He's 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 half golden retriever. He just looks like a kind of yellow lab with a bit more fur, hair, whatever you call it, and that means he's a very hungry boy all the time. He just ate the licky mat. <laughs> Stupid bastard. Like didn't lick the peanut bar. Just I came in and there was half a licky mat, and I was like, ah. Now, I don't know what's the most degrading thing you've ever had to do in your life. I imagine there's been some embarrassing moments in your life. You don't have to tell me them. But one of the most degrading things I've ever had to do is at half ten at night, turn on the torch on my phone on 
the relatively busy road outside my house and shine a torch into my puppy shit to make sure that he was shitting out blue silicon um, licky mat. Now that is proper dog shit forensics. <laughs> and I'd be sending texts to my partner saying, yep, that's Max, shout out some more of a, some more silicon licky mat. <laughs> he didn't do it once, he did it twice. Oh, fantastic. This time, I love it when they any- don't learn their lesson. <laughs> There wasn't any peanut butter on this one. It was just, it was like a silicon mat that you put the water bowl in to stop the water bowl moving. He just ate the fucking silicon mat. And it was the same again. Oh, yeah, Mac has shot out some red silicon this time. It's in the shape of a dog bone. Um, <laughs> it's fucking dog Like, <laughs> this might, might not be funny to you, but I find it really funny. He's a retriever, so he, he likes to bring me things. Yeah. And do- the pair of them love socks. And the way our, our flat set up is that you can, it's like a kind of open plan living room into the kitchen slash like dining area. Yeah. And the dogs can wander into the kitchen and that's where we keep the wash basket. And they'll go to the kitchen, they'll sniff the wash basket and they'll pick up a sock. And you tell, I've told them no, maybe about 4,000 times mm-hmm. about taking stuff out of the wash basket and they never learn their lesson. Mark will always bring me a sock and be like, oh, I brought you a sock, dad. Because they've done it that much, I've now got holes in my socks and my pants. And I don't realise this until I get to my work. And I think, oh, a bit cold today. Because I've got a fucking enormous Labrador bite-sized hole out of my boxers. Because Max <laughs> just picked them up and just started fucking chewing them. Yeah, you don't pl- get it. You're getting plenty of air, though. That's good for you. Uh, <laughs> just don't get it. Every time he's like, oh, yeah, I, got you. I, I brought you a sock. Bring, brings you shoes. Brings you just loves bringing you shit. He'd be a really good gun dog, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I find it amazing that they managed to teach Labradors and Golden Retrievers to not eat the food after you've shot it. Can you yeah. can you imagine that? I mean, the amount of food that I've watched Labradors steal, the famous uh, cake heist that I'm sure I've told the story of yeah, before. You, yeah. But but they managed to train these dogs. You shoot a duck. That's a tasty piece of food, by the way, duck. I mean, that is high fine dining, right? And the dog goes in, swims into the water, picks up the duck and drops it off. And I just think every Labrador I know would have eaten that duck. You would have a beak. They would drop a beak and nothing else and a couple of feathers <laughs> at your feet when you were finished. I found uh, yeah. I found a couple of funny stories here that are just sort of, the, you know, your general kind of funny dog stories. One that kind of made me, made me laugh because it's talking about dogs eating stuff they shouldn't. It's just someone who said they had a puppy that um, liked to steal things that had come through the post. And they were doing some, I think it was uh, whoever the owner was was doing some embroidery or costume design or something and then ordered some sequins and glitter through the post. And it never arrived. And she complained and they said, oh, sorry, we'll send you some more. And she just assumed it hadn't arrived. And then she realized it had arrived because for the next three or four days, her dog was doing these lovely uh, glittery shits whenever they went out <laughs> to the toilet. Every every, um, every, tur- every turd that the dog was dropping out looked like a costume of Strictly Come Dancing. Um, a couple more heartwarming sort of like general like animal ones. Oh, this starts with a dog one. In the Dominican Republic, there was a curfew. Um, Sounds like it's a bit of a, maybe a disturbing place because this involves a police colonel as well. Anywhere that's got a police colonel and a curfew sounds like a bad place to be. But this man was like um, arrested for violating curfew. And it's probably just the case of, look, it's after 10 o'clock. You're not supposed to be out. He's probably stayed in the pub too long or whatever. And he's getting a, a night in the cells. And his dog walks into the police station 
goes up to the police and um, begs for his owner's release. So he does all the whimpering and kind of putting his head to one side and doing his beg. And and the police were so touched that they let the man go free. Aww. Which is kind of cute. There's another one here where some tourists, uh, some Egyptian tourists were in, in the, you know, pottering around in the sea and they saw an octopus that was uh, trapped and they they said, well, we're going to try and help it. It looks like he's just stung, stuck under a rock or something. So off we go. They go and uh, uh, do it. So they found it like tra- trapped in the uh, under a rock, Look, basically took it out to deeper water where it would be safer. And before the octopus swam off, according to them, it reached out a tentacle to shake hands to say thank you, Aww. which is kind of kind of sweet. This is just like little kind of, you, you know what it's like? Half of these might turn out to be sort of total bollocks, but this one made me laugh because it's not about the animals, it's about the people being dickheads. I, I just read this because it speaks for itself. A Pakistani pigeon was arrested by Indian law enforcement on suspicion of being a spy. People will be aware that good. people will be aware that India and Pakistan have had their had their troubles over the years. They, 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 you know, they're both kind of uh, nuclear nations. They have nuclear weapons, and every now and again, threaten to attack each other, which is always a bit disturbing. Um, that was a good laugh. The bird flew over the disputed border between between the two countries and was apprehended due to a suspicious ring around its ankles, printed with numbers. The numbers were actually the mobile phone number of the pigeon's owner. After a thorough investigation, the pigeon was deemed not a threat to national security and was set free. In a statement to the press, the police said it was just an innocent bird. I mean... But, um, they said there is a footnote to this, that actually they do use pigeons as part of their disputes for each other. In 2016, a pigeon was taken into Indian custody after it was found with a note threatening the Indian Prime Minister. So p- pigeons have been used as part of a plot against the government before. So you can understand the the government being a little bit paranoid about uh, dangerous spy pigeons. <laughs> the the other the other uh, like animal story that I was interested in, and I, I was it's probably it's not really that current anymore. And maybe we'll come back if there's if if more comes back to it, maybe one day it'll deserve its own um, uh, uh, episode. Is the one about uh, gangs of walkers attacking yachts? Like I think this is in the Mediterranean. Like these, you know, rich sort of Russian billionaires are poncing around in their super yachts, and the orcas are attacking them. And people are going, "Why are the Why are the orcas doing this?" I mean, maybe they're interfering with their fishing or something like that. And people are saying, "Well, maybe these orcas are like socialists, and like they they hate the the, yes. the vulgar displays Bolshevik. of wealth." Because yacht, yachts are some of the most environmentally damaging sort of vehicles on the planet as well, and they, maybe these orcas are like. Uh, Greta Thunberg's kind of environmental stormtroopers like fighting the fight but here's interesting idea of like orcas like like attacking yachts because it's not it's like when hippos kill people hippos are vegetarians so they don't kill humans to eat them they kill them because they're bad-tempered creatures who don't like humans and they just say I don't like you you're in my way and they will kill you not to eat you but just to phenomenal but Orcas attacking yachts, he says, while he Googles. Apologies for the clicking, typing uh, noises. It's off the coast of Gibraltar and Port- Portugal. And it, it, this goes back to... <laughs> Sorry. Normally, like when we have an interruption, we uh, 
it's because we need to stop. Sorry, I'm sending to that without you. But that 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 dog's just mobile. If you you post because it's on topic for the subject, you posted a picture of your dog lying, looking especially gormless. We need to post that. We need to post that on the feed because that just says everything. Send me that picture because that can be the artwork for this episode. Mac is lying on his back, looking absolutely gormless. You can sort of see how I'm filming the podcast. So I've got the the laptop over there and then I've got the microphone close to me and I've got Mac like this <laughs> it's fantastic just lying next to you he looks like he's like tripping on acid and looking at his paws oh mate he's tripping on acid all the fucking time <laughs> he's a fucking he's a fucking psychopath <laughs> Anyway, go back to the go back to the orcas. Sorry. There's there's a pod in the Strait of Gibraltar has sunk three boats and damaged dozens of others. Phenomenal. Since 2020, a small pod of orcas in the Strait of Gibraltar has been interacting with sailing boats in a new way, uh, ramming vessels, pressing their bodies and, and heads into the holes and biting, even snapping off the rudders. Over three years, more than 500 interactions have been recorded. Three boats uh, sunk and dozens of others damaged. Uh, it's been recorded in other places recently. An orca rammed a boat near Shetland. Uh, I was. What was most frightening was I could. I could feel. I could hear the very loud breathing of the animal. Said the yachtsman who'd been fishing for mackerel. Um, it's. I mean, obviously, we like the idea of like uh, orcas attacking super yachts because rich people are assholes and they deserve to be attacked by orcas. But it does make you wonder what they're up to because they're very, very intelligent animals and they don't do That's things without a reason, do they? I mean, I love the stories of them like in like organised hunting groups. But also, I mean, Attenborough, I think it was in Frozen Planet 2, was saying that the, the killer whales have been in, like, have these really carefully planned hunting like techniques to catch seals and stuff. And the damage that we're doing to the ice caps is making it harder for them to... Uh, uh, carry those plans out and harder for them to catch food and i'm wondering if the orcas are actually intelligent enough to associate human activity with the destruction of their environment because they are that intelligent aren't they um i don't know Uh, maybe because they don't usually go for humans with any other Maybe it's not necessarily they know about the environmental damage, but it's probably to do with the food. They probably associate yeah, the you're, boats you're, being in the area. Or, and all, like all, the all, of the, all the fish have disappeared. You yeah. bastards! It's going to take me days to kind of find them again, kind of thing. It it is interesting, um, but it's also, I mean, there's there's stories about great white sharks being very sort of uh, curious. Because they've worked out that if you know people who want to film great white sharks, are always working out ways to do it, and they like chum the water because they know the the, the sharks come for the, the the you know you put food in the water, the sharks will you know come for a free meal. But they also don't want to associate human activity with food because sharks are like, well, I'll come there for food, and eventually they might get hungry enough to take a bite out of someone. Um, and one thing someone did was if you go if you swim in areas that you know sharks hang out in a big canoe. It's it's quiet. There's no engine noise to scare them off because a lot of the times you have to put you have to turn your engine off and just float around and hope that a shark has noticed you. And sharks are quite curious and they'll come and have a look. But what this guy worked out was that if you um, there's a really famous photograph of it and this guy's just kayaking through. Obviously, I mean he must have hopped off a bigger boat and he's kayaking around the sea. And this great white shark just comes along to see what he's doing. Doesn't attack. Doesn't interact. Just comes swims behind him and goes, oh, what's that then? And they're like really nosy. So maybe these orcas are really nosy, but 
one of these is like an hour-long attack off the coast of Morocco. They are obviously, they don't like these yachts. They don't like these boats. I think you're right. I think it's some something to do with them feeling like they're competitors kind of disrupting their daily activity, right? Yeah. But I do, I do look forward to the Orca revolution. If they get rid of all the Russian oligarchs for us, I am all for that. See, I love, I love when animals, you know, just kind of fuck about with humans. So, have you seen the video of the silverback gorilla? So it's like, it looks like a kind of a group of like those kind, you know, those rangers that kind of work in like a preservation <clears throat> area. You know, yeah, kind of those kind of things, and it looks like it's in like the kind of the hills because I know that's where mm-hmm. a lot of gorillas live. And it's like, they're all wearing like their khakis and they're all just kind of like taking photos, but they're being very still because you do not want to piss off a silverback gorilla. Yeah, and, and, and I guess, like, I think I've seen the video, and I think what it is is that gorillas are sort of used to that kind of human activity around them because they're, they're well, they don't know why they're there, but these rangers are there to kind of monitor and look after and, and check on and, and protect the gorillas, but they have to be very careful how they interact with them. And I assume the gorillas yeah. after a while go, oh, it's them again, and, and kind of do yeah. do whatever they feel like. So, I mean, gorillas are are actually brilliant, like in terms of like their temperament. I mean, yeah. I, I wouldn't say let's let's all go to fucking you know lowland Africa and start fucking you know taking selfies with the gorillas. But in terms of like they they don't really go after you unprovoked. They they usually have a reason. Yes, yes. So you if you if you mind your own business, they'll they'll mind theirs, right? But anyway, back to the the original kind of story. So they're all there. They're taking the photos. It looks like they've taken maybe a few tourists. Like, look, you can get quite quite close to these gorillas. You can see mm-hmm. them. Um, and the gorillas start moving towards them. It's like, right, stay very still. It'll be fine. You know, if you stay still, no sudden movements. The gorilla just picks up one of the rangers by the foot, and he's like, he just he just accepts his fate. He lies down, and the gorilla drags him. Yeah. For like four or five yards, and then just drops him. He's definitely he's definitely fucking with him. That gorilla oh, was like that. That gorilla is just like, I'm going to drag you along by the foot, see what happens. It's unreal. He's just absolutely just... Yeah, I mean, it's interesting when you actually see the like the, the thought process at work because that's not an attack, is it? That's like, I'm just going to I'm gonna mess with you. I'm going to... Elephants do the same thing. Ele- elephants are brilliant. Um, like, they're always, like, stealing hats and, you know, mm-hmm. just... Like, I love when animals, you know, you know, kind of fuck about and, like, try and annoy... Just annoy humans or other people. This is... Uh, not to talk about my dogs too much, um, but Mac will just do this thing. I mean, he's doing it right now, but he's looking at Obi and he's thinking, "How can I piss off this peacefully sleeping spaniel?" Yeah, and he, you know, he pretends he's not doing anything. He's lifting his leg up and getting himself a little scratch right now. Yeah, he, he will just go up to this small dog who he's about twice, three times the size of, and just smack him in the face. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they're definitely messing with each other. Bap, and then Obi goes like gets gets annoyed, and then they have a play fight, and Mac thinks it's brilliant. I love when animals do that to just annoy each other. Yeah, speaking of elephants, this is an old piece of footage. I've searched for it on YouTube to see if I could find it. I watched it with with your granny and granddad. They used to have it on video. Used to like watch it until the tape wore out. But it's ones where, if I get this right, I think the documentary was about the lions, not the elephants. But what it was, it was about a pride of lions, and it was all about how the lions are like the you know the kings of the savannah and everything, and they're, they're the dominant creature and everything. But they will get out of the way for elephants, right? And the footage is of these lions having their kind of afternoon nap. They're all just lion hanging around, and you know, like a cat that's beaten up all the other cats in the area, they can just sleep wherever they want because they know no one's going to go near them. That's what yeah. these lions are doing. But they, you know, one of them looks up and sees that a um, a troop of elephants is just walking through, just doing their 
walking from one place to another they're probably walking from where the water is to where the food is or whatever they're doing and they walk through and all the all the lions you know how like cats try and do that without looking like they're um too bothered do you know what i mean they sort of try and get up and casually walk away so i'm not bothered by those elephants i'm just choosing to get out of the way kind of thing and all, all I'm of these not doing lions... it because you're here i'm doing it because i want it yeah exactly yeah so and they they get out of the way and there's one um, lion cub who's sleeping particularly deeply he's just fast asleep not moving and hasn't heard the lions hasn't sorry hasn't heard the elephants hasn't hasn't seen the other lions get up and get out of the way is really having a lovely nap and a lovely dream and the elephants are walking up towards it and the front elephant just stops in front of the lion cub and basically bends down until it's almost eye level with the with the cub and has it's you know very close to it and then just drops its trunk onto the uh onto the lion's lion cub's head the lion cub wakes up sees this massive fucking elephant in front of it leaps four foot in the air and i swear to you the the elephants are visibly amused by like scaring the shit out of a lion cub and they just walk on through and it's like there's there's definitely there's definitely some thought process going on behind the eyes isn't there Oh yeah, definitely. They're, they're complete shit houses. And I, I love it. <laughs> Animal shit housing, definitely, definitely one of our favourite things. Yeah, brilliant. Um, have we done enough on our sort of various animal stories? Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's another funny story I have. I need to talk about. Again, I was talking about the differences in my two dogs. So this is. I was telling your mum, Granny, about this, and she was surprised that Obi, a spaniel, hating the water. Mm-hmm. absolutely hates it despises it um which is weird because spaniels are meant to love water yeah mac, yeah they're meant they're meant to be water dogs aren't they mac loves the water don't you mac of course don't you um as long as the point it where, needs to have a lot of mud in it for a, a labrador no, golden no, river cross to really like it no 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 it doesn't so when i if you know i'm alone you know if i'm getting ready for work and it's just me and the, the dogs in the house i will i'll take them out the living room and i'll shut the bedroom door and i'll shut the uh the spare room door because i I'm petrified Mac's going to piss on something or Obi's going to shit and I'm not going to, you know, if he, I don't want them to do that, but if they do it in the hallway, there's no fabrics, it's just, you know, laminate, I can clean it up easier. Obviously, I don't want to be cleaning it up anyway, but it's a worst case scenario. So yeah. often I'll leave the bathroom door open because I don't want them cramped in when it's not really hot and, you know, getting them overheated. But as soon as I go in the shower, Max stands up on the side of the bath and he's like, yes, this is great, unlimited <laughs> water. And... <laughs> the other day, um, I was washing my hair and I'd got shampoo in my eyes. So I'm, I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. And my eyes are shut and I'm trying to get the, the soap out of it and, you know, you know, stop it hurting as much. I turn around and Mac is in the bath. He's got <laughs> in the bath when I've turned around to wash the soap out of my eyes. <laughs> he's just, he can't control himself. There's so much water. He's trying to get every little bit of water. He's trying to get the water that's bouncing off of me. He's trying to get the water that's on the bath, like the tub. Oh, excellent. And he's like, he can't control himself. I'm like, Mac, what the fuck are you doing? Get out. And obviously he's a big gangly thing. He doesn't do anything with grace at all. He, you know, he... Not not, not get out of a bath anyway. That's not that's not where dogs so, excel. I'm like, Mac, get out. And he's looking at me like, huh? Like, get out. So he gets out and he takes out every single bottle of shampoo and shower gel that's in the bath. It goes everywhere. And then he's, he gives himself a fright and he gets really, you know, he gets really upset with himself. And you have, you can't give him in trouble because he doesn't realise what he's done wrong. Um, and Obi's just watching him the entire time like, I fucking told you so. <laughs> no good will come of interacting yeah. with water. Funnily enough, right, this is the last one. I had the, the, the boys at the vet the other day. 
and you know, do- I have to spell the word out again, but you know, dogs love a T R E A T. Yeah, absolutely love them. And when you go to the vet, you bring a lot because you need them to be. Yeah, the, like Mac. Mac's great with people, and so is so is Obi. But Mac trusts everyone. Mac. Yeah. Mac would trust Hitler just because he's you know he's just that's he's the kind of, he doesn't see any bad in that anyone. facial hair is very tidy. Yeah. He must he yeah he must be all right. <laughs> Hitler did love animals. Um, but yeah, <clears throat> so Mac went first and it was fine. He was actually getting vaccinations, um, gets an injection in the back and then it's like a nasal spray and the nose for Kenok off. And he was fine. He was brilliant. He didn't didn't whimper or anything. I don't think he even felt the needle going in. Mm-hmm. Obi hates the vet. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's his own fucking fault, really. Um, the first time he went to the vet, and this was probably very scarring for him, he ate my carrot cake. <laughs> He was unsupervised for four seconds, jumped up, ate my carrot cake. Now, carrot cake has raisins in it. Raisins are very poisonous to dogs. So he had to go and get not basically a stomach pump. Didn't get anything put in him, but basically they gave him, I think it was an injection. It makes him throw up the contents of his stomach, and then the vet goes, okay, one, two, three, four, five raisins. I think he'll be fine. And that obviously wasn't very nice for him. He was young, and he was away from, you know, his mum and dad for, you know, about four hours and ever since then, he hates the vet. He hates going into the room. He hides under the, the chairs. Um, and he just loads the entire experience. Um, and he's he's really dramatic about it. Um, but it's got to the point now where Obi loves a treat. Obi would eat anything. Obi prefers human food to dog food. Yeah. And the vet was being lovely. She was really nice. She was like, oh, who are you? You're gorgeous. She got like these... These look like really expensive treats that you know the vets maybe expensed and like you know the you know like not like pedigree like, like you know, this work this works on all animals. I shall yeah, have these handy because I don't want to get bitten was, kind of thing. It looked like a fucking strip of beef jerky. I nearly took it because yeah yeah yeah. And Opie looked at it and <laughs> looked at me and turned his nose up at the vet. <laughs> just went absolutely not. You fucking heathen, get away from me. <laughs> Don't you come near me again, you fucking bitch. Fuck off. No yeah. chance. I'm like, that's poison. That's got something in it. But then, as soon as we got into the car, gave him a treat. Fine. Absolutely. Like, he, he's very intelligent. Like, he... He's he, sort of like, I'm, I'm, I refuse, I refuse to, um, cooperate with this process. I refuse to recognise the authority of this, uh, of this process. <laughs> the last time I was here, she gave me a treat, and then she stuck a finger up my bum, and I felt really ill. <laughs> yeah, for, they... context, for context, he had a bum infection. Like, yeah, yeah, th- that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, he doesn't like it. Had him at the vet. Because... He's always at the fucking vet. Yeah, he, he had like he's he had high maintenance, like... isn't he? Oh, he's a fucking pain in the ass. Mac has been to the vet. I think once. I'm t- been... I'm touching all the wood uh, within yeah. reach to like. But like, in the, I'm not saying that we're never going to take them to the vet in the future. But had Obi at the vet, and he had these like he had like these kind of blisters. At the, on his on his mouth, and like I, I was just inspecting one, and I like moved the fur to have a little look, and it popped, it burst. I was like, oh fuck, and it was bleeding. So I thought it didn't clear up for a couple of days, and it was really bad, and it was like leaking. So I phoned the vet, and I went, I, I'm quite worried about this. I want to make sure it's nothing serious. It's something that can get infected. Like there's no underlying issues. Turns out, Obi had acne. Oh. Is he going through his like difficult teenage period? Uh, he's been like that the entire time. He's a stubborn little dickhead. Aren't you, Obi? Yeah, he's a little goth. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's, that's, I mean, I love them for their differences. But yeah. Um, yeah, just they're so quirky. Like, obviously, they're not, 
they can't communicate the way that we do and they're not as intelligent as we are but they've got very distinct personality traits it's definitely the, the it's it's the personalities of the animals that kind of make you really fall for them doesn't it since we got the the new kitchen the kitchen's like those kind of doors that you push yeah and it's like a kind of slow shut and it pushes and then you push it shut obi's figured that out <laughs> so before before it was handles and they'd had no chance but he pushes at the door and tries to open the so door so he can get in up. yeah He's yeah. a fucking little bastard. But yes, I think that was just some more stories about my animals. Um, I don't have really any more. That oh, that's very good. Yeah, look, we just, you know, we hope that, you know, everyone at home is, you know, most people are animal lovers. So we hope these stories have kept you entertained, made you smile, made you give whatever animal you live with a, a, an extra squeeze and hug to, you know, to thank them for the smiles they've given you. I'm being all heartwarming here. What we... What we usually do once we've finished, you know, talking about our main topic, having a bit of ramble, is we check in on Florida Man. So shall we do the Adamsons versus Florida Man? Yeah, we must have a few. So obviously, normally when we do this, it's like, oh, there's lots of Florida Man stories because it's like a month since we did an episode. It's been longer than that, so there were quite a lot. So I've, I've tried to sort of filter them through and find some of those interesting ones. It's not the most wild and colourful uh, recent period for Florida Man, but there are a couple of fun ones. Um get this one up it's a florida woman facing child neglect and driving under the influence charges after being found asleep behind the wheel at the car drop-off at school (laughs) so on the on the no it's 3 p.m it's the pickup rather than the drop-off so she's not pissed at 8 a.m but she's obviously spent the day drinking and she's queuing up to pick up her kids from school and she's so drunk she's fallen asleep behind the wheel and people only notice because you know the, the, the car's not moving people are trying to get around her that that's a bit of a classic i think uh not not the most florida florida thing that's ever happening this one's quite good this is a florida man story and a darwin award i liked this one in a very mean-spirited way Florida man steals the car of the Good Samaritan who came to check on them after they had an accident and immediately gets into a head-on crash with the tractor-trailer truck and gets killed. <laughs> so this guy, right, he's he's wrecked his car. Another driver has pulled up to see if he's okay, to see if, you know, and, and help him. He jumps out of his wrecked car, gets in the 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 car of the person who stopped to see him and immediately drives into the path of a car doing 60 miles an hour and gets himself killed. I mean, we have not missed out on the cure for cancer, have we? <laughs> this is this has got more of the kind of uh, flourishes and flair you normally expect from Florida. Um, this this is good. The more, the more, the more, it's the detail that makes this story. Um, Florida man sentenced after defecating on the vehicle of his romantic vehicle. Oh, sorry, of his, of his romantic rival. Florida man sentenced after defecating on the vehicle of his romantic rival. He's Apparently it's a, a dispute over a girl. This guy thought this other guy was trying to horn in on his girlfriend or they were rivals for the, the affections of the same woman. Stupid enough to do what he was doing uh, right in front of a CCTV camera. So he was captured uh, breaking off the windshield wipers, uh, scratching the vehicle and then climbing onto the roof and shitting on the roof basically. The best thing about it was that uh, the guy is six foot five. So it's, it's, it's just, the, the man captured on surveillance had a towering presence uh, and his driving license says that he's six feet five tall. So 
uh, he's a guy like that's going to have long legs. So imagine him climbing up on the car and squatting down and shitting on the roof and being captured on CCTV is is quite special. This this is more Florida. This is more Florida, and it's the headline that tells you the whole story, really. Uh, I have to get past all the submit preferences and eating cookies when you want to read the story. Come on. All right. Uh, kangaroo trapped in pool area of Florida apartment complex. Because a Florida man decided it would be okay to have a pet kangaroo in an apartment complex in Tampa. And the detail that I enjoyed was there's a 911 call and the dispatcher says, 911, do you need police, fire or medical? And the caller goes, I think police. There's a kangaroo in my apartment complex. <laughs> and they, call, about, and they called in a helicopter to kind of like follow on and the kangaroo's hopping around around the pool. I think they must have decided they want to, you know, go for a swim. That one about the plane and the beach is my favourite. Tell me. Uh, did we, did we do it before? No, it's uh, it's actually from three hours ago, but it's my favourite one I think I've ever seen. So it's just Florida man accused of stealing plane and crashing it on Half Moon Bay Beach. Oh, excellent! I missed that. So, I probably so he, did my um, <laughs> did my search too too long ago. So he he just crashes the plane on the beach and walks away. Oh, fantastic! This is a bit of a grim one, but Florida man accused in fatal tripping fatal triple shooting after trying to date his own daughter. Yeah, is that Trump? <laughs> this is a good one this this is what we expect from florida man this is the kind of fun stuff we expect from florida man florida man in inflatable unicorn floaty hooks 10 foot shark with his fishing rod and is towed four miles offshore fucking hell man so this guy gets into a rainbow colored unicorn inflatable like a lilo kind of thing yeah goes out into the water goes fishing, hooks on a shark and gets dragged out to sea. There's a video online that shows another larger fishing vessel coming up next to the guy in the floaty, a bit baffled by what they're seeing. It says, what are you doing? And the man on the floaty unicorn pulling a shark on a fishing rod says, I'm catching a shark. <laughs> Eventually they persuade him to give up and like rescue him on board. Um, but what sort of person spends? And they've got the TikTok video as well, so you can actually just watch the guy. He's he's on he's on the thing, and he's being dragged through the water by a shark. And the shark must be sitting there thinking, "The fuck uh-huh. is this guy doing?" <laughs> and it is. It's the sort of thing that you see in swimming pools on holidays. Only only bigger, obviously, because it's Florida. That that's what that's what you like to see. Um, this isn't Florida man stupidity, but it's kind of classic that it should happen to a Florida man. Florida man sues Dunkin' Donuts over severe and long-term injuries caused by exploding toilet. What? A Florida man is seeking more than $50,000 in a lawsuit against Dunkin' Donuts more than a year after an alleged incident involving a toilet in one of the franchise's locations. In a lawsuit filed in state court, lawyers for Paul Kerouac claimed the... Flagler County, County, Florida man sustained severe and long-term injuries after a toilet exploded in the men's room at the restaurant uh, in Winter Park. Kerouac was covered with debris, including human feces, oh. urine, and and bits of 
you know, uh, I guess, uh, cubicle uh, material, wood and plaster and everything else. Barking, yeah. The best bit is Duncan employees allegedly informed Carrack that they were aware of the problem after previous incidents involving the same toilet. What the, the complaint man. argues that Duncan Donuts had a duty to warn customers about the exploding toilet, but failed to do so. That's, I mean, that's not what you expect when you get to buy a donut, does it? I've never had a Dunkin' Donut. Don't think I will now. <laughs> or I just won't use the toilet. What's the What are the American donuts that they have over here now? The oh, um, the fucking crisp, rubbish, crispy cream. I don't like them, man. They you, they're very sickly. You feel sick after about oh, half of one. I see the people that buy twelve of them. I think what the fuck? You better be buying that for everyone at work because not for you because you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna have type two diabetes after about I mean, three I, of those. I can eat food. I can put away plates of food, but one of them, and I'm like, oh fuck, that that's me. That's me written off. I've got a funny story from um from uh, <laughs> from my work. It's not as funny as an exploding toilet, but it's just that it's I, th- I found the kind of just the sheer stupidity of it. it happened quite recently. So, a guy came in and he was buying a uh, Irish cream. I won't say the brand because I don't want to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they want to sponsor us, absolutely. Um, and didn't have ID. Um. So we said, look, you've not got ID, we can't, we can't serve you. So he was like, right, fair enough. <laughs> three minutes later, some guy staggles down to the top. This is like three o'clock in the afternoon. Um, he staggles and he's staggering at the top, buying Irish cream. And um, the basically ice cream and ice cubes, the same stuff that the guy was buying before. Mm-hmm. And we went, look, you're not getting that. And he went, but I've got ID. And we went, yeah, mate, but you're absolutely fucked. You know, you've had way too much. We're not allowed to serve you when you're that drunk. Yeah. So what what had happened is they went, right, I've not got ID, but you're fucked. So I'll go and chance my arm and see if I can buy it without ID. And then he's been refused. His pal's gone in, who's absolutely fucking steaming. And then tried to buy it. The exact exact same thing. Like, didn't try and get a couple more things and try and hide that he was he wasn't absolutely fucking destroyed at you know three o'clock on an after on an afternoon. Um, but yeah, that just uh, I found it funny. I, f- I find customers absolutely fascinating. Yeah, yeah. You wonder what's going through the heads of the general public. This the, the, oh. the best the best. I mean, I know we've done this story at least twice on this pod before, but the the woman who tried to overturn her supermarket ban with a costume wig. That's the best one. And and, oh. and, and the accent. It's not me. That is He's just the, perfect. Yeah, wrong person. That's brilliant. Um, that that accent made an appearance the other day. It wasn't really? the same person. That person genuinely had that accent. But, she, <laughs> like, but I was <laughs> I was working at the kind of the fish bit and um there was a there was a fish that was going out of date tomorrow, so I put a reductions label on it. Mm-hmm. And the woman noticed me doing it, right? And she picks up it was hake. She picked up this reduced bit of hake and she goes, Excuse me and I went, What? She goes, Is this fish? <laughs> and I went, obviously like I don't know if she meant it that way, but I just went, Is this fish well, it's not fucking beef, you know what I mean? <laughs> I found that story quite funny. Um, another one. Uh, I know we've kind of taken a tangent here, but this woman was not happy about her uh, her bananas. So they were uh, very, very uh, they were, you know, bananas. You can get them green, and that means that you know they're, they're, they've got a couple days, a few days before they're. Well, it's that, it's the constant green. frustration with bananas that, however you yeah. like your bananas, they're only how you like them for about six hours. Where you know, 
it's like they they go from two two uh two green to two ripe so quickly but yeah anyway. yeah they go from inedible to oh now we're making banana bread in the space of a couple of days yeah exactly um, but this woman she came in and um she was like, "Can I speak to a manager, please?" And you're like, "Oh fuck, here we go." <laughs> but to be fair, in, quite, in that voice, I quite like I quite like those interactions because it's quite fun de-escalating it because they're all, yeah. they're already in a bad mood. And see if you actually come to a resolution, it's it's kind of rewarding. Because yeah, I know like, what you mean. You've taken them out of their bad mood, and it's not nice. Like you work in a place where you know customer relations is important, and you know you you don't want to sell faulty or bad stuff for you know you don't want to sell something that turned out to be rotten on the inside, you know. So it's nice when they come in and then by the end of it, they're like, oh, thank you so much. You've been so helpful. And you fucking swag it away. Like, yeah, I'm fucking, I'm so good at my job. But like, this woman came in, she went, can I speak to the manager, please? And she went, I went, yeah, what's the problem? What's up? And she goes, these bananas, they're green. And I went, right. I was, when did you buy them? She went, I bought them last week. And I went, oh, right, okay. Um, These must just be, you know, taking a while to turn yellow. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, how how can I help? Do you want to swap them for, for another one kind of thing? She goes, no, if these bananas aren't yellow by Thursday, I will be taking this above um, above you guys, right? <laughs> and I went, what I lo- do you mean? I, lo- like, I, lo- I love she gave you a, an ultimatum about her bananas. Yeah, it was like a deadline. It was like, what do you mean? Like, I could have just given, like, we, ha- we, we had some more yellow bananas on, on the shelf. I could have just taken her ones and then put the green ones there and then when they were more yellow someone else would have bought them yeah she didn't want to do that I was like what are you going to do you're going to go to the fucking high court <laughs> taking it above the company I like, know oh, this is going beyond like your honour I purchased these bananas they were green seven days later I ent- they were I, green I enter they- these bananas into evidence <laughs> I'm here to report a crime an international war crime <laughs> fucking love it man i absolutely love it yeah, yeah. there's a guy actually there's a guy that i want to talk about and i love him right he's got he's got like difficulties and he was actually on the local news because he goes to a local college and it's like a specifically designed college and it was having its like funding cut and it was really quite it was quite a shame um and it's like a kind of purpose-built facility for people that have you know additional support needs to go to so they can, you know, do, you know, get an education. The staff are trained and the facilities are all there for, you know, people with whatever needs they may have. He was on the news, but he comes into the shop quite often. He comes with his mum and dad and he's a sweet guy. He comes up to you and he'll, he's obviously picked this up from like his mum and dad asking the kind of, you know, the genetic questions that we get asked all the time. Yeah. The same way the taxi drivers get asked the same questions, but he always asks you, what time do you finish? He goes, time you finish, right? He goes, what time do you finish? Right. And it's really sweet. And you tell him, Oh, I, f- I finish at 10 o'clock. And he goes, why? And I go, right. <laughs> right. And I went, I don't know what to say to you, pal. That's just the, that's just the time that's, the boss that's put when, me in front of the door. That's shift ends, yeah. That's when the big man says I finish, so that's that's when I'm finishing. He goes, oh. And then three seconds later, he goes, time you finish, right? It's it, That's the kind of, I think that's what he thinks the conversations between like the staff and, you know, the general public go. Yeah. But there was one, there was one day he wasn't asking that question anymore. Went, Oh no, there must be something wrong. He was going up to like 95 year old women doing the weekly messages who are kind of, you know, really slowly making their way around the shop. But these sweet old, old ladies pushing the trolley around. (laughs) He goes up to them, right? And he goes, do you work here? (laughs) 
he asked every single person, and and I'm in the aisle at this point. I'm I think I was tidying something. I was doing something. I can't remember what I was doing. Uh, but I was there, and I was there for the the entire time that he was there. And he went and asked everyone. He was asking the old women, the old men, you know, anyone that was there. And he was going, "Do you work here?" And they were all going, "No." And he goes, "Why?" And they go, "Well, I'm too old to work, son. You know, I'm I'm too old. I'm I'm in my eighties now. I can't be doing this, you know." And he goes, "Too old? Why?" Right? <laughs> He's just a pure, lovely, curious boy. Oh, bless! And I thought, right, surely when he gets to me, he can ask me if I work here. And then and I you can, can you know, say yes. And, and then, then, and then he can say, "What time do you finish?" Right. So he comes up to me. Right. He doesn't go, do you work here? Even though I'm the only one in the aisle wearing like a uniform. I'm like, oh, fucking, this is amazing. I love, I think I love this guy so much. Like I love him like, like more than anything in the world. And he goes, and I thought, wait, he's not going to ask me if I work here. He's just looking at me. And I thought, please ask me, please ask me. Like, I, I, and I'll talk to you. I'll talk you to asked, you. Yeah, asked everyone else if they work here. Yeah. And he goes, and I go, do it, do it, please do it. And he goes, take me finish. And I was like, <laughs> yes! I fucking love him. He's the sweetest soul. I'm so happy every time he comes into the shop. He's just oh, a that's lovely. Nice. That's nice. And everyone else in the shop loves him as well because he just goes, take me finished. That's it. He just wants to know what to do. Oh, I fucking love him. I hope he's doing oh, well today. That's nice. That's nice. I will, because I have this need for closure, finish on just the last two Florida Man headlines that I've oh, got. Oh, sorry. Yeah, we were talking no, about No, no, Florida no, that's fine. No, we go off on tangents. We ramble. This is a rambling podcast. That's what it's for. But this is this is a good one. Um, Florida man, member of the Proud Boys white supremacist group uh, who jumped bail, fakes drug overdose and attempted to delay sentencing for his part in the January 6th insurrection. Amazing. This is a long and involved tale. Basically, he's the, the bit that's not very nice is the fact that he's a, a white supremacist who tried to overturn democracy in a violent insurrection and that's all horrible. Um, but he... He was there, he was causing trouble, he assaulted police officers, he had a dangerous weapon, all of that stuff. He was caught weeks later, uh, he jumped bail, he was, you know, and according to a memo, he pretended to overdose on drugs in an attempt to further delay his sentencing for his part in it. And they, they knew he had, they, they worked out he had no intention of turning himself in because he had this like bag full of survival stuff on him, so he was obviously going to try and go on the run. But he managed uh, to get a five-day hospital stay out of it because apparently what he did was he left an open like container of opioid tablets like strewn across the floor and then just lay still on the ground. And they ran and got life-saving kit and got their paramedics and dragged him up and took him in there and sort of kept him in for observation and put him on a drip. And it was only five days later that he realized that he'd just been lying there kind of faking it. Um, I think they were helped in their cause of finding out that he was faking it. They found an email between him and one of his other little cunt mates uh, where he admitted he'd faked a drug overdose to try and like uh, delay the process. Um, but I just love the idea that he could um, uh, just l- lie down and play dead and think that that would like keep... That's like... Um, uh, what's his name? Um Matt Thingamy Bob in, in the IT crowd faking a heart attack when things aren't going well in his court case. But that's that one. He fakes a drug overdose. And the, the last one, that's, which is... Sorry, that's incredible. Like, that entire insurrection's just died on its ass, hasn't it? Yeah. I mean, basically, we are fortunate that the people who were trying to overturn democracy were such a bunch of 
dumb inbred shit kickers because their stupidity and incompetence helped helped foil the plot. Uh, they should take a couple of lessons from the French. I mean, America used to be so good at revolutions. They're fucking terrible now. Well, they, they had one revolution and... It was a pretty big one. Yeah, the thing is, the people that they were revolting against were on the other side of the ocean. There was a... Without those logistical challenges, would they have won? We don't know. The French... salty about it, man. No, I just think the French did a better job because their oppressor... They, they, you know, they, they went and won that match away from home, the French. I think they their, their, their win was bigger. The, the French know a thing or two about revolution. They've had like oh, five it's, revolutions. It, it's it's irritating to see because I think they're all lazy, work-shy assholes, but it's also impressive how they just want to revolt. And like, if we if we had like just like 10% of their like desire to overturn things and set things on fire, we oh. would sort out a lot of our shit in this country. It's, 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 being, it's being just enough of a revolutionary, but not too much, isn't it? Yeah, I like when, you know, I think it was to do with, was it the Yellow Jackets they were called? Mm-hmm. I can't remember the, the specific It sounded sounded cool as Gilets Jaunes. I mean, they yeah. were, I mean, they were assholes, by the way, but it was, it, their, their protest was very well run. Yeah, I mean, they were protesting for something. The government said, ah, yeah, we can't be asked with the kind of repercussions of having to clean up the fucking mess of a protest. So, yeah, whatever you want, sorted, you can have it. And they folk, they they just went and protested anyway. <laughs> like, no, we I think one, for a fucking protest. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've booked a premier in. I'm, I'm, you know, that's not, that's that's non-refundable, mate. I've got a babysitter. In. That's right. Yeah. And last one. This isn't really Florida man, so to speak, but this is. Um, it just it it just it tells you what life is like in Florida. Florida firefighters remove boa constrictor that was threatening peacocks in Palmetto Bay. What? <laughs> because they this is the kind of place where you have peacocks poncing around looking pretty and then a boa constrictor just turns up and starts threatening them all and they have to call the fire brigade. I mean, that's much more interesting than rescuing a cat from a tree, isn't it? I mean, they have they have an interesting life, don't they? Yeah. They really do. But that's Florida Man. I have to say it's a slightly quieter one, and I think the pick of the bunch really is the man in the unicorn floaty who like was dragged four miles out to sea by a no doubt very irritated ten foot shark. Um but yeah, that that's Florida Man who um I don't know, mate Florida Man seems to have been almost as quiet as we've been over the past couple of months, because that's normally we have like ten stories like that in, in one month, but we'll we'll just have to see what happens next time. Look forward to. Have we uh, have we given everything that uh, that the people everything they want for this episode, mate? Yeah, I, th- I think so. Okay, well, listen. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening. This was the Adamsons versus the Dog Poo Detectives, or CSI Canine Shite Investigation, whichever you prefer. Uh, we we will watch out for CBS's lawyers on that last one. Um, but thanks for listening. We'll try not to leave it so long before we do another one. This was the Adamsons versus the Dog Poo Detectives. Next time it will be the Adamsons versus something else. The music was District 4 by Kevin McLeod. Thanks for listening and speak to you next time. <laughs> <laughs>